Amen. I will read it first, and then we are going to make a prayer out of it. Say, therefore, behold, I will make them know. Once this, I will make them know my power and might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Amen. Can we have it in NIV? Do you have NIV? Okay. I don't have my phone with me. David? My phone. I, I, I like the way it's put in NIV. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. There it is. He said, therefore, I will teach them. This time, I will teach them my power and my might. Then they will know that my name is the Lord. Amen. That is good. This time, you know, tell yourself, this time, this time, I'm going to be taught. This time, the Lord is going to teach me. The Lord is going to teach me his power. The Lord is going to teach me his might. Then I will know that his name is the Lord. Hallelujah. This is our prayer this morning. To Father, Father, today, teach me. Father, today, teach me. Teach me your power. Teach me your might. That I may know that your name is the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We're carrying on with our series of living in the zone of miracles. Hallelujah. Why this minister to me a lot? I was looking at the children of Israel. They needed this revelation for them to walk in the miraculous. Their limited view of God made them shiver before Pharaoh because they didn't know which God they are worshipping. And even us in our lives, it is our view of God. It was our knowledge of God that will make us to stand when we are faced with circumstances. But one thing about God is he's so good, he uses experience. You know, when he, I, I'm glad my son is not here. You, <laughs> hallelujah. So shh, when you see Michael, you don't say it, yeah? So I was, I was potty training him. And so what he would do is, I was potty training him. So what he would do is, when I want him to go to the bathroom, I would use a small switch and I will go, go to the toilet, go to the toilet. While he's doing whatever he's doing, because I want him to reach the toilet. So I had a small thing doing that, so that he practiced and to, to link it. Amen. So we eventually went home to visit my parents in the rural areas. And he went with my dad to the kettle crow, and they took out the kettle. And you know what happens? They start messing when they get out of the kettle crow. And he means like, these experiences, you don't do this. So he got a switch. He's on the cows. Don't you know how to go to the toilet? You must go to the toilet. You must go to the toilet. Go to the toilet. And, and my dad is wondering, what's happening? <laughs> So when they came back, asked me, your son? I said, no, I was training him. Yes. <laughs> so the experience registered, amen. So God loves us so much. He also takes us through experiences. 
And those experiences what build us. You see, my son was able to apply it, eh? though in the life of the kid, but was able to apply what he learned. So God, God is so vast. When you say, I am the Lord, he is so vast. We can start by talking of the names of God, Jehovah. How many do we know? We shall, shall so maybe know five, whatever. He is so vast. But what he does is he uses experiences in our life so that we know him. When you have experienced it, it becomes yours. No one can take it away from you. And we thank God for the Old Testament. We see what these people went through. Experiences they had. Just so they may know that he is the Lord. And this is what you make us to walk in victory here on earth. What you have is yours. It doesn't matter what people say. Your testimony is your testimony. You know, that man said, now what I know is, once I was blind, but now I see. Whether this guy, whatever you are calling him, but this is what I know. So God's desire is for each and every one of us here. We get to know him. We get to experience him. We get revelation of him in life's experience. But how does he do it? He first feeds us with the word. You feed us with the word. So that's why we come. We carry the word. We carry the word. Now when those circumstances come, the word comes up. You remember the word. Just like my son. I know when he saw the kettle of mess up, he remembered. Then he applied the word, you know, though the kettle was stubborn. But he feeds you with the word. He feeds you with the word. And as you meet circumstances, the word will just come up. And you are able to declare the word. You experience the power of God. Now that becomes your revelation of God. So you must have your own personal revelation of God. Desire it in your life. To God, I want to know you in my own way. That I can taste well, that once I was blind, but now I see. Amen. So we're carrying on as we talk of this one of miracles. That is, that is how we experience miracles. Miracles is a manifestation of the power of God in our lives. In circumstances. They don't happen in the air. It's when God comes against what is supposed to be this way. And he works out his power. And that's a miracle. And it has to come as you receive the revelation of God in your life. Amen. So we are going to read. Um, I will just give to, just to explain a bit on this uh, understanding of the revelation of God. Let's go to Exodus 3. Exodus 3, verse 15. Then we'll go to Exodus 16. Saying, okay, he said, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, Abraham, the, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and what you have gone, you have been, what has been done to you in Egypt. Amen. Let's go to Exodus 6 verse 1 to 3. But the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. With, for with a strong hand, I will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of this land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, 
I am the Lord. Amen. Earlier on, God said, I'm going to teach you that I'm who? I am the Lord. Now he declares, I am the Lord. Three, I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, Jehovah El Shaddai. That is in Genesis 17, verse 1, when God spoke to, to Abraham and the other child. So this is the root of the children of Israel. They always go back to Abraham. And Genesis 17 was their knowledge of God. As far as they are concerned, Jehovah is what? Jehovah El Shaddai. The God who brings life where there is no life. Amen. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. So the children of Israel, a picture of God is God who brings life. Now, when we go to Exodus 6, it's when already Moses has approached the Pharaoh and Pharaoh is angry. Pharaoh is telling, Yo, you are not busy. I'm going to harden your lap. So things are really bad. And the God that they know is the God who brings life where there's no life. Now they are confronted with a God who has to deliver and they don't know. They've never experienced a God who delivers. A God who sets free. They know the power of Pharaoh, but they don't know the power of God to deliver. So God says to Moses, they have not known me by this name. But I'm going to reveal myself in that name. Amen. Tell yourself today, I'm going to know the Lord is the Lord. I'm going to know God Yes, the Lord. Amen. That whatever situation that you are facing, God is already in it. God has already gone ahead of it. He already has a name for it. His name to answer that question that you are going through. That situation that you are going through. He just wants you to know him. He just wants to reveal himself to you. Amen. So even as we are carrying on, I'm just giving this as a background to what you are going to learn today about the name of God about the name of Jesus. He doesn't have one name. Mary was told, you shall bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And it looks very shallow, Jesus. But you know what? That name carries a lot. There is so much hidden in that name. And as you get to know what's hidden in that name, you will find that it will impact the way you walk. The children of Israel, they end up knowing that indeed, he is not just Jehovah, El Shaddai. He is Jehovah, the one who says, Sabbath. Eh? I won't promise. Who is the God of the heavens, mighty angels, who did, to the extent that Pharaoh said, them, please go. The same Pharaoh who was saying, you will not go anyway. They had that experience of God. Amen. So this is the same thing God even now wants us to know him, wants us to know his name. Like when you check Jesus, it's still the same name. Remember, he said, just said, in my name, you shall do this. In my name. This name is so much that is carried in it. And as we go through this series of um, living in the zone of miracles, we are discovering the different facets of the name of God. And as we apply these facets in our lives, it makes us to walk in victory. So you don't, don't, don't put on the blinkers here. Yeah? You are the God of... Because when they went, they used to say the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. They always went back to where Isaac was born. God who, who gives 
God who, who, who gives life where there's no life. They did not have this other revelation of God. And God said, I have not revealed myself, but now I'm going to reveal myself in these other names. So you, as an individual, desire to know this name of Jesus. There is so much hidden in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we'll read... We are going to read um, Isaiah 9, verse 6, where we first have uh, this uh, revelation of the name of Jesus. Amen. It says here, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, hallelujah, shall be. Okay, it's not his name, eh? His name shall be one. What's the first name? The next one. The other one. And the other one. All that is describing Jesus. So when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, he said, you shall have a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus is all this that we are facing. Amen. I, I have a middle name that I don't like. You know that name which is a sentence. <laughs> a heavy sentence. So um, as I grew up, I didn't like the name. So I decided when I do my schooling, whatever, I'm not going to put it. You know, before you write exams, you fill in those forms and you put your name. So I left it out. And I just put Catherine. I loved Catherine. Left it out. And... Just before we were writing exams, they now take your birth certificate and they check. Then they realize there's one name missing. And they say, you, you've got a name missing. As heavy as it was, without that name, I was not Catherine. I was a different person. I'm only me with all those names in there. So I had to do a happy daffit to, to make sure that name that I had is included. So it's the same with Jesus. He is not one name. You remove mighty God, he is not Jesus. You remove everlasting Father, he is not Jesus. You remove Prince of Peace, he is not Jesus. You remove wonderful counselor, he is not Jesus. He becomes Jesus when all that swarms some total de defines him. And why is it so? Because we need him like that in our lives. He plays different parts and areas in our lives. Like the children of Israel, they knew God as El Shaddai. They didn't know these other names of God. So they were limited. When we don't know the full name of Jesus, we become limited. So God in his mercy used Isaiah to define to us who Jesus is. And when you take part and you leave the rest, you don't have Jesus in your life. You will suffer in an area. It's when you embrace him in his full name that you walk in the fullness of his power in your life. You ex so whatever end angle the enemy comes from, is it wisdom you need? You will know he will give you. Is it breakthroughs that you need? Is your mighty God? Is it maybe you are facing a terminal illness? Is your everlasting father? Is it that your heart is upset? He is the prince of peace. So he is the fullness of his name. Hallelujah. But today, we are going to focus on one facet of that name. Amen. And we are focusing on his name, the Prince of Peace. Amen. 
So we're going to discuss how, by knowing Jesus as the Prince of Peace, empowers us, enables us to walk in this zone of miracles. I'm so glad I don't have my spectacles. So, it's not that I don't want to follow the time. I can't see. Just, just, just so that you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Our God is good. Amen. So we're going to learn on Jesus as the Prince of Peace. That is his name. And we're going to understand how that enables us to walk in the zone of miracles. We are going to, le- to read Colossians 3 verse 15. It says... And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Amen. So one thing that God is speaking to us, or Jesus is speaking to us, he said, the peace of Christ must rule in our hearts. We must have the peace of God in our hearts. We have learned earlier on in Isaiah 9 verse 6 that Jesus, his name is the Prince of Peace. So when he said the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, it's basically saying, let Christ rule your heart. Let the word of God rule your heart. Let what Jesus says be the, the, the measuring stick in your life. When you have to decide, when is the, is Jesus Christ becomes the standard that you are using. Amen. And when he says, let the, uh, the peace of Christ rule in your heart, it means the peace of Christ must be in me. When we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord, we say this other name is what? The Prince of Peace. So every person who has received Jesus Christ as Lord, you have received the Prince of Peace. The peace of God is already there in you. He is already ministering in you. All you need to do is to allow him to rule in your heart. He is reigning in you. And when you allow him to rule, you allow him to have his way. And when he has his way, he's a miracle-working God. You experience the miracle power of God in your life. You know, when Mary saw Jesus after her brother had died, her expression was, Jesus, if you were here, my brother would not have died. Because she knew that Jesus is a miracle-working Jesus. He knew that Jesus was going to perform a miracle and his brother was going to be healed. Amen. Now, it is the presence of Jesus that Mary yearned. And because Jesus was not there, death came. So, Jesus, if you were here, just your presence, death will not have come. Now, we are being told, let the peace of Jesus, let the presence of Jesus rule in your heart. So, when the presence of Jesus is ruling in my heart, what happens? The enemy has no power in my life. His plans cannot succeed in my life because Jesus is here. Just like Mary knew that as long as Jesus is there, is with us, no harm was going to happen to her brother, which was different from the disciples when they had the storm. And the storm came. They had Jesus with him. Why did they say, don't you care that we perish in the storm? Remember that time when Jesus told them, let's cross over to the other side. And Jesus went to sleep. And they were with Jesus in the, in the boat. And the storm came. And it was hitting hard on the boat. They, they didn't say, oh, because Jesus is here, it is well. It has to come out right. They woke up and said, don't you care that you are going to perish? So that is not our portion in the name of Jesus. We are those who know 
that because Jesus is with me, his presence is with me, he is speaking peace, he is speaking his way into our lives, and therefore I can live in the miraculous life, I can live a victorious life, because Jesus is with me, amen. So it says here, Christ is present with us in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When his presence is with us, miracles happen. We last saw, uh, remember last week when we were being told of the people who were being healed, uh, how Peter, because of the presence of Jesus in him, people got healed. How Paul, because of the presence of Jesus in him, how people were healed. Even Jesus himself, his mere presence, that people end up touching the hem, the shadow, because he was present. Just like Mary said, if you were here. So even you, when Jesus is present in your life, this is what makes you experience the miracles in your life. Experience the power of God in your life. The question is, is Jesus present in your life today? Do you have Jesus with you today? Who are you turning to when you are confronted with situations? Who are you calling when circumstances turn against you? It's only those that have Jesus in them that when circumstances come, difficult circumstances, Jesus intervenes and he brings life. Amen. So let's, as we listen to the word, let's ask ourselves, where am I standing with this Jesus? Am I really in a relationship with him? Do I really call on him with confidence? Good when I'm confronted, you know what? Because I have told Jesus, it is sorted. Because there was one woman who knew, there was Naomi. She told Ruth concerning Boaz. When she, Ruth had approached Boaz and she's telling Ruth, Naomi, Naomi said, Don't worry. I know this Boaz. Don't worry. Boaz is going to sort everything out. He's not going to rest until your issue has been settled. She had confidence. Do we have the same confidence, children of God? That when I pray, I am confident that because I have prayed, because I have told Jesus, because Jesus is here with me, because of that, it is settled. Because then his peace will rule our hearts. His peace rules us when we have confidence in him. When we have said on us, when I pray, when I talk to God, God has heard it. I don't know how, but he saw it. Then his peace will rule our hearts. But it's coming from a point of a relationship. Just like the children of Israel. It was their knowledge of God, the revelation of God, that later on we see Miriam singing a song after they had crossed the Red Sea, declaring how God fought for them. Now they knew that God is the Lord. They now had a revelation of God. Are you limiting yourself to knowing God just as your Savior? And what Savior has he gone through in your life? Amen. So we continue to discuss, we are learning on Jesus as our peace, as his name, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Let's go to Luke 10, verse 4 to 12. This is when Jesus was sending out the disciples to go and preach. He says to them, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, no, and, no, 
and grief. No one knows the way. Now I was just wondering, can't you, are they not going to preach? <laughs> and they are told, don't greet anyone on the way. And I was wondering why. But I realized that it was the greeting which is, which is not beneficial. Amen. He said, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. Who is peace? Who is peace? So they were declaring the lordship of Jesus over a house. As they went, they put Jesus first. When they say, Jesus, the name of Jesus I heard. And then hear what he said. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. So if that person receives Jesus, then the peace of God is now in that house. Now they can sit and eat for whatever days are there. But if the person does not receive Jesus, he says go. Because then it becomes a burden. You cannot be fed by someone who is not a Christian. So even for their divine provision, for where to stay, they still put Jesus first. In our jobs, we are putting Jesus first. In our companies, we are putting Jesus first. In our seeking way to say we are putting Jesus first. In buying whatever we are buying, we are putting Jesus first. Like they did, they put peace first. That goes ahead. Jesus must go ahead of you. Then he's the one who makes a way for you. Amen. I love the other day. Sorry, Mom, rather, I'm going to quote you. She bought a car, a nice car. And you know, when we saw the car, we never said the car is nice, eh? We were like, you, we can all fit for evangelism. You, we can carry us. That, that's what we celebrated. We did not celebrate the make of the car. We did not celebrate the comfort of the car. We celebrated the size of the car. That we can all fit in. Amen. Whether that was what is in your heart or not, we prophesied over here. And we took possession of the car. We declared it's ours. It's going to save. We, know we, we were talking of all we can go, what we can do with the car. Because we know that in a life, Jesus comes first. Whatever she acquires, Jesus comes first. So when you do that, you find that as you are saving God, God intervenes in your situation. Amen. And I'm praying that is going to be another sister I really loved. She was talking. She's got a nice car, a comfortable car, you know. And she was telling me, ah, you know this case, I'm actually thinking of stopping using this car because we can't fit. So I'm going to use the buggy so I can pick all the people. Is that not being kingdom-minded? That you are sacrificing the luxury of this comfortable car. You know those ones with climate control, you know? And she is sacrificing that. You know climate control again. It doesn't matter what is outside. When I, you are, it's like an embassy. It's like an embassy. You are in your own environment. And if you want to understand embassy, go to Zimbabwe. We've got the American embassy. It's really America in Zimbabwe. We have power cars. They don't have power cars. We don't have diesel, they've got diesel. We don't have grocery, they've got everything. There, in, 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 in Zimbabwe, there is dark everywhere. There, there's light. You know, it's, that's, you know it, it, it really gave me a revelation of when the word of God said we belong to the kingdom of heaven. Because here you've got it also, it, being an embassy does not make much sense to you. But there, you see it. 
you know. They, they, they are, it's an embassy. They, the other time they decided after some bombing somewhere, they cast these big blocks of concrete and circled the whole, they are still there, I think, up to now. The whole embassy, you know, taking a lane, part of the road, they took one lane, one lane, one lane, so that they can, I guess they're supposed to be bomb shoes, whatever, I don't know. These big concrete blocks, and they did it because that portion is a small America in Zimbabwe. They can do whatever they want in there because it's an embassy. And this is what we are, children of God. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. We, you know, you, 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 if you think yourself as a South African, you're going to limit yourself. Because whatever touches a South African is going to touch you. So, but when you think yourself as, the, as one belonging to the kingdom of God, you are not limited. You know, this, this good life is very deceiving. Because I remember the first time I was supposed to get a, a passport, I told my husband, what do I need a passport for? Because by then, to work in South Africa, you were getting extra allowance and incentive to come and work in South Africa from Zimbabwe. So there was no, there was no point. Why do I need it for? You know, but the riches of this world, they are very deceptive. We would rather hold on to Jesus. We would rather hold on to this identity that we have. That is not affected by what is around us. Which is Jesus in us. His presence in our lives. Amen. His peace in our lives. Hallelujah. So, when you have Jesus with you, you have his peace with you. His presence with you. And this is what makes you victory. Amen. Then we look, normally when you look at the world, the world is a way of defining peace again. Peace is when there's no war, when there's no fighting, then we say we are at peace. But for us, peace is the presence of Jesus. Because there's a song that said, there is peace in the midst of a storm. You know it. There is peace though the world be raging in the shelter of his arm. There is peace. I'm not, I'm not doing the name, but it's the peace in the midst of a storm. There is peace even when the world is raging in the shelter of this arm. So the way God defines peace is not the way the world defines peace. So it is to our advantage as children of God to seek to have the presence of Jesus. Like I said from Isaiah, it is one. Amen. When you have Jesus, you have the whole of Jesus. You don't have half of Jesus. The only advantage is as you get to know the names of Jesus, as you are confronted with situations, you are now able to step. That's why God said, I need to reveal myself to the children of Israel, that I am this also. And when you check the Old, Old Testament, we have so many people who discovered the other names of Jesus. We've got Haggai, who discovered another name of Jesus, the Lord who sent me, Jehovah Roy. No, we, these people, God was revealing himself. And it is to our benefit. But he is still the Lord. Amen. So the peace of God is the presence of God. And when you've got the presence of God, the miracles, the miraculous power of God happens in our lives. Amen. We see again as we go on. Um, 
Yeah, my time is not on my side. Hallelujah. We just want to, I will take you to this one so that we. When the children, of, when, when the disciples were with Jesus, I spoke about it earlier on, but I didn't speak on the peace portion of it. When I was saying, to, when they faced the storm, they came to Jesus and said, Don't you care? And I said, The difference there was because when Mary was confronted with a situation, she knew that the presence of Jesus will bring about the miracles. The disciples, when they were confronted with a situation, they did not have that revelation that the one they have is able. So they shook him and said, don't you care? And when Jesus rose, what did he say? He said, peace, be still. Peace went and confronted the situation and brought calmness. Which means in our lives, when we have Jesus in our lives, when we have the Prince of Peace in our lives, it doesn't matter what the enemy is trying to bring up against our lives. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will confront that situation, will command that situation, and we experience the power of God in our lives. So we need to embrace Jesus. We need to embrace his peace. And how do we walk in the peace of Jesus? The peace of Jesus is the presence of Jesus. And which presence of Jesus do we have now is the Holy Spirit. He said, I am not leaving you alone. I will send you another. The Holy Spirit. So if Jesus was with us peace, it means the Holy Spirit, when he's in our midst, he also brings what? Peace. But there is now one difference between Jesus when he was with us physically and when he gave us the Holy Spirit. Which is something that we need to treasure as children of God. Because with the Holy Spirit, he is a gentle, is the general portion of Jesus. The general part of Jesus. He will not force himself. He will not um, push you. Why does he do so? Because he would have done the first step. You becoming a child of God is the Holy Spirit who gently moved him. So when you receive Jesus Christ, it's not because you are clever, but the Holy Spirit gently worked to bring you to salvation. Now, his expectation is because you know that he has brought you here, because we have seen where he has taken you from, he is expecting you to embrace him. He's expecting you to yield to him. He's expecting you to submit to him. So he's not going to force the goodness of God in your life. So this is one area that as children of God, that now we need to work on. To submit to the Holy Spirit. To allow him to work in us. That's why Jesus said, you can say blaspheme against any other, you'll be forgiven. But when you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, there's no forgiveness. Why? Because he is the one who is starting salvation in our lives. Without the Holy Spirit touching us, we will not be born again. But he is so gentle. He works so, in so many diverse ways until he brings us to the knowledge of Jesus. And now because we know Jesus, he expects us now to submit to him, to yield to him. And as we do so, we experience the peace of God in our lives. So this is something that as children of God, we are going to work on. He is very sensitive in one, uh, one area, Paul writes and said, do not grieve. 
the Holy Spirit of God. You know, he goes on to say, do not quench him. Because he will not impose himself on us. But the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives is the presence of peace of God in our lives. Is the presence of the power of God in our life. Is the presence of the ability of God in our lives. And as he walks with us, Jesus said the Holy Spirit, he will teach us all things. He will reveal to us all things. Now, unlike the children of Israel who didn't know God, the Holy Spirit is here to reveal us the full name of Jesus. And that's why we must embrace him. He is, when Kusay just said, he will teach you all things. What are all things? It's him. So the Holy Spirit is one who teaches us to know Jesus, who teaches us to, to have revelation of who God is and his power in our lives. So the encouragement I will give you this morning, family, is let's embrace the Holy Spirit. Let's embrace the power of God in our lives. Let's embrace Jesus and his full revelation in our lives. Let's maximize on the fullness of God. And the Holy Spirit is one who reveals Jesus to us, the Prince of Peace. Where he comes, there is peace. Where, he, where his name is called and is given room, there is peace. He will put whatever is causing discomfort in your life, he will put it together. Just as he commanded to the raging sea and he said, peace be still and the sea quietened down even in our lives when we have the Holy Spirit with us which is the presence of Jesus with us there is that peace in our lives and that peace is what's going to lead us and that peace will cause us to experience the power of God in our lives Amen we look at Jesus when he was speaking just to emphasize on the Holy Spirit you find that when he talks he, he, he puts the two like in John 20 John, uh, sorry, sorry. Just as I round up. In John 14, he talks of the two in one place. He says in one place, by the helper, verse 26, by the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name. What is his name? The Prince of Peace. He said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I've said to you. Then he goes, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So he, he was relating, linking to them that as much as his presence caused the peace in their situation. Even the Holy Spirit, as he is in us, he is also bringing the peace of God. It's up to embrace, up to us to embrace the presence of God by embracing the Holy Spirit. Then we experience this power that he was talking of. If you check after the resurrection, when he appeared to the disciples in many areas, the first thing that he declared to them was, peace be to you. And why was he saying so? Each situation when you check circumstances, they were in the room with the doors locked because they were afraid of the Jews. And so when his presence came, what did it bring? Peace. So which means in our lives, we cannot do without the peace of God. It's what goes ahead of us. And what is this peace of God? It's the Holy Spirit. The presence of God in us. And how do we experience this? When we embrace him. When we submit to him. When we yield to him. We give him room to impact and to touch our lives. Amen.
I trust that as we carry on in our hearts, as we go home, we are also going to say, Lord, I treasure you. I treasure you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in me. Lead me and guide me. Hallelujah. Sure, yeah, there's so many things I wanted to say, but let's, let's stop it. <laughs> our God is good. Amen. I just want to say this thing. You know, I was looking at Mary. Um, Isaiah prophesied about 700 years before the birth of Jesus on this name of God. And so Mary grew up knowing that this expression, mighty God, um, Prince of Peace, that the Messiah is going to come. And God was preparing her. So when the angel appeared, he said, you shall give birth to a son and you shall call him Jesus. The angel Gabriel picks a link. If you go down Isaiah 9 verse 6, let's go down. Just wait, he talks about the throne of David on Isaiah 9. Let's go down. Um, uh, go down seven. What, what I want where he talks about the yeah there seven of the increase of his government and of the peace there shall be no end. You see the peace is coming, eh? So when you have got Jesus, your peace is not has no end. Your peace is no longer dependent on what you are seeing, what you have. Amen. Then he says, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. Amen. And this is what was linked when Gabriel spoke to, to Mary. She said what? Let's go that, um, just as we close. Look, uh, is it Luke 2? Sorry, let me just check it up here. I didn't write it down. Uh, look 1 verse 30. Just look 1 verse 30 to 33. I hope it's the one that I want. Okay. No, no, no. I, I want that one. Yeah. When he, the angels appear, I think it's Luke 2. Jesus has mixed up. Huh? It's the one, yeah? Oh, yes. Go down. You said you found favor. Let's go down. I think to 33. Just want us to pick there. You ran over the house of Jacob. And then let's go down again. Do you see the similarities that he's talking about? Okay, let's go up. If you check Isaiah 9, Isaiah 9, he said of his kingdom there will be no end. Yeah? This one, he says the house of Jacob forever. But I think NIV says the house of David. He will rule on the throne of David. So what the angel got was, he was linking Isaiah, which Mary knew, with this news that Mary was receiving. So she can have an understanding. So which means Isaiah became a, remember, a, a reminder to the new things that Mary was entering into. So Jesus spoke to us and said, I will give you the Holy Spirit. He will bring you all things into remembrance. So for us also, just like Mary, to transition to the word of God, to what we are living now in, the, in everyday life, it's the Holy Spirit who links us up. I'm just bringing this to emphasize to us that as children of God, one, for you to say I'm a child of God, you must have Jesus. Because he is the prince of peace. When you have Jesus, the second thing is you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Because the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus now. Without him, all that we are talking, you are not going to experience the power of God. Amen. So on that note, I just want to make an invitation this morning. We know the life that you are living in, this world is really tough, eh? Without Jesus, you will not make it. Coming to church is not enough. What you need is a personal relationship. Just like God took the time to reveal himself to the children of Israel so that they may know him and be able to confront the Pharaoh that they're going to see. Even yourself, you need Jesus in your heart for you to experience the miraculous power of God now. If you are there in our midst and you have never given Jesus that right to be your Lord, to be your Savior, I'm giving you this opportunity. Can you raise your hand so that you start a walk with Jesus today? So that his spirit may lead you, his presence may guide you. Is there anyone in our midst today who says, I want Jesus? I want to give my life to Jesus. We can come. Is there someone else who wants to start this new journey with Jesus? Is there someone else who wants to say, yes, I've been hanging around, but maybe I'm like the children of Israel. I only knew God as one way, but today I'm realizing that there's much more to God, and I don't have this relationship with this God. I need this God. We thank God.